Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) I'm so grateful as always, that we get to join together, transcending time and space by means of this podcast. So thank you very much for joining with me. And let's take a moment here and turn within, partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self, and put spirit first. So I place my hand on my heart and I'm grateful and thankful to be in a holy partnership with the Holy Spirit. Grateful and thankful that I am not in charge of my awakening. We are willing to turn over any sense of lack or limitation we have about our worthiness for our awakening and we are opening ourselves to see to know to feel to truly comprehend and understand that our spiritual growth and awakening is preordained it's already been given so we're opening ourselves to receive it ah like a package has already been mailed, we're picking up the package. (laughs) We are grateful and thankful to surrender any block to love, any limiting thought or belief that we've held in our mind and entertained and energized and thought was true that's actually false. We're laying it on the altar right now, making an offering of it to the Holy Spirit for healing, and we are choosing our awakening. We are choosing our destiny. We are accepting the atonement for ourselves and we are grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing and transformation with all beings because we are one with them. In great gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes. Hmm feels so good to join together. And uh, I'm back in Vermont. It's a beautiful fall day here, and I'm grateful for that. We've been having some nice warm weather. We're very grateful. Uh, So, are we ready for our awakening? Are we ready? It's coming whether we're ready or not, but we can help it along by being ready. And when we are readying ourselves, we are also helping all of our brothers and sisters because our awakening benefits everyone because all minds are joined. All boats rise on this tide of love, as I like to say. So... Now, I love this. Going back to the same section again this week, uh, The Function of the Miracle Worker, Chapter 2, Section 5, in Paragraph 4, Jesus says, The healer who relies on his own readiness is endangering his understanding. You are perfectly safe as long as you are completely unconcerned about your readiness, but maintain a consistent trust in mine. That is so key. That is so key because what I found in myself and so many others is that we have a deep sense of guilt, right? It's the unconscious guilt that Jesus tells us about in the Course. We have a deep sense of guilt and unworthiness because of the guilt. And so we are thinking that we need to improve ourselves, that we need to improve our stature. We need to improve our consciousness. We need to improve, improve, improve. And all throughout A Course of Miracles, Jesus is telling us essentially, this is not a self-improvement course. This is not that. This is... It's a self-acceptance course. 
So instead of thinking we need to be improved, we simply need to accept our magnificence, accept our greatness. But we're so convinced of the painting, the picture we've painted, that the the vision of ourselves or the picture of ourselves that we've made, that we cannot see our true essence and experience. So we're constantly trying to improve. It's like this. Imagine that you uh, feel yourself to be ugly and wretched. So you put on a lot of makeup and you put on a wig and you put on a girdle and you put on all these things, false teeth, false eyelashes, all of that to try and improve the way you look. It doesn't work. It can't. What is necessary for healing is the recognition that we're already beautiful. We're already magnificent. And so often when you see someone who simply takes their even their countenance, their 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 face, their hair, their body, the way spirit gave it to them, and just makes the most of that without trying to fit into some kind of fashion, right? Like um, some making your hair, if your hair is curly, straightening it. If your hair is straight, curling it. I, I've done all these things. So <laughs> trying to find uh, a fake self I could accept. And finally I said, nah. I'm just accepting myself as I am and loving myself as I am. And that feels so good. It feels so good. And when people feel good about themselves, they're naturally radiant and beautiful. So rather than try and fix up a false self, let's just relinquish our hold on the false self and let the real self shine. When people really love themselves and they live from their heart, their wrinkles, their what some people might call deformities or deficiencies, they become part of the magnificence. Uh, I remember back in the day that people used to talk about Barbara Streisand getting her nose fixed. You know, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was part of her uniqueness. Thank goodness she never did that. I remember um, a long time ago, Jennifer Grey, she was uh, became a celebrity from being in that movie Dirty Dancing, which was so hugely popular. And then some years later, she I don't know that she ever had another movie that was anywhere close to that which is hard on people, especially she was so young. And um, she was with Matthew Broderick for a number of years, who was just getting more and more successful. And um, then uh, they broke up. He married Sarah Jessica Parker. Anyway, um, being a New Yorker, these people are New Yorkers, you, you know know what's going on with them (laughs) anyway um some years later uh she had a nose job and had her nose made to look like so many other people's noses and then gosh she looked like everybody else she did she lost her uniqueness I never even thought of her nose as anything but just, uh, you know, just she was a beautiful girl. and But she changed that nose, and now she looks so plain. She just looks like so many other people. And I guess that's the point. But we've we've been given individuality for a reason, and I just don't see there's any happiness that can come from... 
not accepting our magnificence as it is. So can we actually be ready for our awakening if we're looking at ourselves and thinking we need to be improved all the time, that we're not good enough all the time? So for me, my approach to life is, am I happy? Am I healthy? And... So I I live my way, my life in a way to support my health and my happiness. And, of course, to be of service. Uh, That's my profession, is to be of service. And so I've learned over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, that I need to be willing And spirit will take care of the rest. That's why I say, let spirit do the heavy lifting. Let spirit do the part about figuring out how. That's not our job. Our job is to allow. So I love this. You are perfectly safe as long as you are completely unconcerned about your readiness but maintain a consistent trust in mine. Now, this is the thing that uh, every year in Masterful Living, uh, I do one-on-one appointments with people, and the vast majority of people will tell me that one of their major issues, if not the major issue, is trust, trust and faith. Totally understandable. We simply are afraid of putting our trust and faith into spirit, relying on spirit. So back to the beginning of this paragraph four, chapter two, section five. The healer who relies on his own readiness is endangering his understanding. So when we are relying on our own readiness... We're in trouble. So if we're trying to improve ourselves, we're probably thinking we're not ready. And that we must rely on our readiness. So we can let that go. We can completely let that go. Completely. Forget about it. Just check that. I'm ready. I'm willing. So how do we really... Demonstrate that willingness ah, it's through trust and faith. We, we need to understand that, that real willingness is not just in words. It's in our heart. And how we demonstrate that true, authentic willingness is by placing our trust in love in spirit now for me when I caught this and I began to practice it it was many days excruciating just literally excruciating energetically it felt like I was going through some kind of exorcism And it was. It was like an exorcism of my ego attachments to placing my trust and faith in my own ability to figure things out, to make decisions, to know what's good and bad and right and wrong, and make all these pronouncements. I was so well trained at that. I, I love the, the idea that ego is an acronym for edging God out. It's so perfect because that's what I had done so completely. I don't know if I even ever let God in, really. Oh, my goodness. Edging God out. And so when we're in charge of everything and we're the ones who decide who's good, who's bad, who's right, who's wrong what to do, where to go, when to go, all of these decisions when we're the ones who are analyzing the data, crunching the numbers in order to make a decision about what's best, we have edged God out. We have no readiness. 
because we've put ourselves in charge of readiness and we're totally distracted by analyzing, by running the data, crunching the numbers. And so there's no, there's no place for God in our awareness. Our heart has no trust. It is such a completely different way of living to live by trust and faith. It's just completely uh, a full 180 turn of orientation in our lives. And most people feel so convinced that it's going to mean that they're going to have to give up enjoying what they enjoy. And so many people feel, and this was me, this is how I, I, I did the research. <laughs> I totally did the research because I thought, oh, I don't want to give up my things that are my refuge. My refuge was not in spirit, right? Uh, in, um, in the Buddhist community, they take refuge, refuge in Buddha and in the Sangha, the community, which is very wise, very, very wise. So I've learned to take my refuge in spirit and the community. And my community includes you. And it includes all the folks who participate in my ministry. My community includes my family and my friends. I don't have any fake friends. I only have real friends. And I, my community uh, in which I take refuge includes my mighty companions in the invisible. So it does include Jesus. It does include Archangel Michael. It does include all kinds of awakened beings. But I used to take refuge in being able to have a drink or smoke cigarettes, watch television, go work out till I was exhausted or talk chattering, ego dialogue, over, you know, for hours on end on my phone, going over all the details of what I didn't like and didn't want with my friends. It used to, those things used to be my refuge. And to a, to a certain degree, I used to use um, volunteering and going to church as my refuge. A lot of people do that. But I used to do it in a way that wasn't so healthy. I was trying to escape and not actually be in that loving connection so much as let me get some points. Let me get some validation from people. So I was giving service in order to get validation rather than just to be of service. So now I, I get all my validation from spirit. I get my validation from feeling good about myself. So I don't need it from anyone else. So I don't have to manipulate anyone else to validate me. And that is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I didn't get that by taking a weekend workshop or reading a book. Believe me. So... I think it's so helpful here, so valuable what Jesus is telling us. The healer who relies on his own readiness is endangering his understanding. So our understanding can be tenuous at best until our intuition opens up. But our intuition won't open up as long as we're clinging to the blocks to love. And the blocks to love are our constant need to label things good and bad, to run the data, to, to crunch the numbers and make all the decisions. So I've learned to be able to say to spirit, I don't know what to do about this, so I'm giving it to you. 
Spirit, my old friend, I'm giving it to you. You've got all the wisdom. You can see in all directions of time and space what's the highest and best for everyone. So why would I make the decision? I can barely see what I feel and know what I'm thinking clearly. Why would I put myself in charge? So I let spirit show me. You show me. And I've learned, I've trained myself to learn, oh, that's spirit's guidance, and that's me trying to figure it out. They have two totally different vibrations and energy. And once you learn that, the difference between the vibration and energy, and you you give yourself an ultimatum, I'm going to live by vision, by divine vision for my life. I'm going to follow this guidance. You know, you're you're going to get a situation where it feels like, oh, God, uh, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, that's too much. It's not too much, but you might have to give up something you think you need. You might have to move to a new place. You might have to be friends with somebody that you think is beneath you. Or who knows? Who knows? It's going to be different for different people. Uh, I know for me, uh, I kept getting the message to leave a particular job. Leave, leave, leave. You'll never be happy here. You can take your gifts and talents and do something else. You are to be a minister and not in this church, in a different place. And so... uh, I didn't I didn't want to go. Spirit threw me out. Spirit threw down the gauntlet and said, "You still want to stay? You still want to be here?" And, and in another situation, uh, I got fired. I got fired. So God is so good. That's what the development of trust section is all about. That if we don't willingly learn to trust for our own good, spirit is going to start taking from us the things that we're using to hurt ourselves. So people who drink too much will find that their health is suffering. And so then they get a choice. Are you going to give up the drink? Are you going to keep managing and coping? What are you going to do? So for me, I found that as I learned to love myself and I learned to trust, then naturally I became less and less interested in drinking. And it's been years now. I stopped self-medicating with drinking a long time ago, but I never imagined that that would be possible. And with it went so much shame, so much shame. But you see, behavior modification didn't do it for me. Self-love did it for me. And self-love came from willingness. And how I increased my willingness was through trust and faith. And the more I exercised the muscle of trust by placing my trust into spirit, the more that muscle got strong, the more I was ready to trust in more challenging situations. And I called it radical trust. Radical trust. Now, coincidentally, or coincidentally, <laughs> I, it was when I got fired from that job, um, and then I, I had another job taken away from me. Then it was during the time that my mother was so sick. Then I was free to go and take care of my parents during that very difficult time. That was one of the most extraordinary gifts I ever received in my life. Extraordinary. The opportunity to take care of my parents. So 
Spirit lined everything up. Everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. When we're making exceptions, we are not trusting. And we're we are completely missing the boat. The boat doesn't leave the dock, but I would say it's like this. If you, if you have this willingness to begin trusting and become practice some version of radical trust, you, you'll get there easier. It's an easier ride. You're less likely to have motion sickness. I'll put it that way. Oh. Hey, by the way, as I'm going to a break here, I'd like to share with you that I'm I've made a I'm making a video series that I'm really enjoying, and it's for anyone who's signed up for the early bird registration for Masterful Living. So you can find that at jenniferhadley.com, the early bird registration for Masterful Living, or you can always write to admin at jenniferhadley.com. So I'm making this six-part video series. It's really in-depth, and I hope that those of you who are watching it are enjoying it. And uh, early bird registration is soon. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back talking about are we ready for our awakening and just while I'm thinking of it I would like to let you know uh, I mentioned the Masterful Living uh, early bird registration there are some wonderful aspects to the early bird opportunity which I'm not going to give away and go into detail here. So just sign up for it and then you'll find out. <laughs> and uh, talking about here the willingness that's necessary for our awakening. Now, Jesus says you are perfectly safe as long as you are perfectly unconcerned about your readiness. Again, chapter 2, section 5, paragraph 4. But maintain a consistent trust in mine. I find that it always comes back to where are we placing our trust and faith. In every moment we are exercising trust and faith, are we placing it in spirit? Are we placing it in our own ability to make the calculations? So the it's so common that people have this strong belief. I've talked about this before. I think it's really helpful to clearly understand it. We have oftentimes hidden in our awareness this belief that if we choose to awaken, if we choose enlightenment, that we are going to be saying yes to poverty, chastity, and a life of uh, dreariness. It's not true at all. And one of the, the challenges we have in this world is that we consistently see Folks who are ministers and teachers and preachers and spiritual leaders who are having a human experience and they are doing that thing of presenting a false self and they are caught up in what they can get from the world rather than what spirit has already given them and they're distracted, but they're having a human experience too. So then we start to think, oh, that's what my life would look like. And there is this uh, strong sense of the poverty, chastity, 
deprivation road is the road of awakening. But it's not. Buddha said the middle road is the fastest path to awakening. So the middle road is the path of uh, being the householder, having relationships with family and relationships with friends and in the world. It's not vows of silence and chastity and poverty. So we can have a very full and beautiful life. The The more my mind clears, the more enjoyable my life is. I enjoy it so much. I love it. It's wonderful. I'm living in a very beautiful place. Right here, I'm sitting by the window. Sun is shining. I'm looking at the mountains. And it's magnificent. It's truly magnificent. And I have a peace in my mind. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid. And there are many times when I have no idea how things are going to work. I have no idea how it's ever going to go. But because I've learned to place my trust in spirit, that I, 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 I don't experience a lot of pain and suffering anymore. And that's miraculous to me. I don't worry about things. I have concerns, and I turn them over to spirit. Put spirit in charge. Let spirit lead the way. And sometimes I do have to get over my own resistance and reluctance. Sometimes, like for instance, um, uh, last summer, I did my Stop Playing Small retreat in person, uh, uh, which I have always done in person. Love to do so much. I did it online. I, I, I was really trepidatious so I just thought I don't see or feel how this really can work well to translate what I do in a live retreat with people in the room with me to doing it on zoom and I've been teaching on zoom for five years so I'm very well versed in teaching on zoom I feel masterful at teaching on Zoom. Spirit has shown me the way to do it well. I do it well. And leading a retreat on Zoom just felt like, I don't know how this is going to work. But I got such, I've had a feeling of yes, yes, yes. So I'm willing to trust that yes. I'm absolutely willing to trust the yes. And I did. I went forward with it. And I took a deep breath and said, Okay, Spirit, you're going to show me how this is going to work. And of course, Spirit did. And it was so good. It was so good. Uh, I still like doing it in person so much. It's so I love to do retreats and in-person events. It's so, so much a blessing when we can be in person together. It's so nurturing and nourishing and to immerse ourselves in a retreat center. But we still had fantastic retreat, and people loved it. And a lot of people said, I like this because I could never have gone to the retreat in the United States. I could never have left my little children. I could never have come, but I could do this. And so it worked. And so I, but I, in my personality, I was reluctant. I was resistant. I'll be honest with you. And so sometimes I have that experience where I am actively trusting At the same time, I know I have doubts. So I allow myself to feel my doubts and have my doubts. But I don't let the doubts make the decisions. That's the difference. I don't deny how I feel. I don't deny what's going on with me. I just say, 
Spirit's given me a big yes on this. I'm in agreement. I'm moving forward. And we'll see how it unfolds. I'm sure it's going to be magnificent, even though I have no idea how it's going to look or how it's going to go. And I'm talking to myself again because I'm starting uh, this Sunday a spiritual counseling training intensive. And uh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. So we're going to see how it's going to go. And uh, I, I've learned that that can be delightful. Spirit is full of wonderful surprises. But you see, when I was letting the ego direct my life, the ego thoughts, when that was where I was placing my trust and faith, the surprises I got were not fun. The surprises I got were really painful. Now, I've learned that the things that I don't wish to have happen can still be for my highest good. For instance, so um, the weekend before I was driving to New Jersey and my plan was to take my car uh, to uh, a U-Haul place, I'm, you know, out in the boonies here in Vermont, in the Green Mountains. And so the U-Haul place was an hour and 15 minutes away. So I was going to take my car there, leave my car, rent the U-Haul van to go to New Jersey and get my things out of storage. So on the way to the U-Haul place, about mm, 40% of the way there, I stopped at a post office to drop off a package. And my car wouldn't start. I have a Prius. I have a very old Prius. And the auxiliary battery, which is the smaller battery, just died. So it couldn't start the, the engine. And um, I called AAA, and they said, we'll be there in an hour or less. Two hours later, I was still waiting. So I was just making phone calls, talking with my friends. I was even on Zoom with my prayer partners. (laughs) And I knew that this was going to mean that I would get to, it was Halloween, and it meant I would get to uh, New Jersey later. I wouldn't be able to have Halloween enjoyment the same with my family. And uh, I was, but it was what it was. So why be bummed out? Why why be disappointed? Well, I have learned that something good is happening, and it's just beyond what I think should be happening. So I've learned to relax into that. I was blessed because my car was parked in the sun. It was a coldish day, but with my car parked in the sun... I was fine. So Spirit provided that parking spot for me, told me where to park. I could have parked in the shade, but I went. I've learned to feel, where do I park? Seriously. And not calculate it. Sometimes I park close to the star. Sometimes I park far away. I don't know why. I just go with where Spirit is guiding me. And maybe it's because if I park further away, my car is safer from somebody knocking into it. I I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. But spirit can see through all directions of time and space and know what everything is for and what every possibility is. So why would I not trust spirit, you see? So... Finally, AAA basically didn't come. So I called them back. And I said, uh, what's up? Because they had been sending me messages. They even called me once or twice and said, we're on our way, we're on our way, and nothing. So I called them and I said, hey, what's up? Oh, we're sorry. I don't know what happened. They didn't explain it to me. It doesn't matter. But they finally did send somebody. And then, boom, got it jumped. And I knew if I turned that car off, I'd need another jump. So I said, okay, it's Vermont. I I now have to go to the bathroom. Uh, it's morning time. I've had 
my coffee, I had my lemon water, I had my celery juice, I had all those things. I gotta, I gotta use the bathroom. So I left my car running because it's Vermont. People do it all the time. They do it even in the summertime. So I left my car car running, went to the bathroom. I had to wait ten minutes to get in the bathroom, at least. All right, finally. So I get in the bathroom. Uh, and then I get back in my car. I don't know why I'm telling you all this detail, but Spirit's got a reason for it. And then I drive another 45 minutes to the U-Haul place. And all the way there, I'm saying, just don't turn off the call when you get to the U-Haul place. I had found through my my phone and through Google, I had found a Toyota repair place, a big one, just half a mile from where I was picking up the U-Haul. So my plan was to pull into U-Haul, leave my car running, go in and say, I've got my car, my truck rental. Uh, Can you drive me to the Toyota place so I can leave my car? Spirit said, they'll help you. So fine. Uh, And the Toyota place was closed by the time I got there, so I couldn't ask them for a ride back to the U-Haul place. So anyway, I'm just trusting the whole way. I'm not upset. Everything's working together for my good, even though it doesn't seem like it. Now I need a car repair. I don't know how much that's going to cost. And um, and I kept calling the U-Haul people, the national U-Haul people, and saying, I finally said, I'm going to be there sometime this afternoon. I just don't know when. They said, fine, no problem. So I'm trusting I get there instinctively. I just turn the car off immediately. I was like, oh my God, now I need another jump. <laughs> but I wasn't upset. I went inside. I said to the lady behind the counter, this is my situation. Can somebody jump my car? She said, I have no idea how to do that. I don't have jumper cables. I said, I have jumper cables. And I don't exactly know how to do it, but I have the book. I can figure it out. She said, I, I know I, I can't help you with that. So I said, okay, I can't rent my truck until I get my car jumped again. I'm going to call AAA. The last time they took two hours, I, I think they'll come faster here because now I'm in a city. So then I... Was getting ready to call AAA, and this guy comes out from the back and he says, I'll jump your car for you. And he was the owner. He said, I just bought, just bought this fancy car jumping kit. I'll get to try it out. I was like, Oh my God, men are so fantastic. Men are so fantastic because, I, I mean, I'm sure there are women that have car jumping kits too, but like guys are just excited. Oh, they're excited. I'm going to get to try it out. This is a wonderful thing. I I love that about guys because the things that excite them do not excite me. (laughs) I love being surrounded by people who have completely different perspectives, completely different interests. It's wonderful. So he, he helped me jump my car. He drove me over to Toyota uh, and we dropped off the car. I rented the van, and the national people had canceled my van rental, even though I had called them. But they still had the van there. It was the last one, so I rented the van, and uh, I said to the guy, the owner, "Thank you for making this so easy for me. Thank you for helping me out." And I said, I'm going to write you a Google review. And I know how valuable a Google review is because for some reason with Google reviews, a lot of the time the people who write reviews are people who are pissed off. They're the ones who their ego will have them do something destructive rather than something constructive. So most people who have a good experience don't bother to write about it. So I wrote a five-star review for this guy. And he was like, that's great. I just bought this company last year, and uh, our reviews have gone way up in the last year. I was like, no wonder. You're taking such good care of everybody. So I finally got on the road to New Jersey. 
And so I ended up getting there like four hours later than I had intended. But you know what? I don't know what accidents and traffic and things I missed. I don't know. I This guy, I got to help him with a Google review. I, I don't know about the other things. I found an email today from AAA saying that next year uh, when I renew my AAA, because I just renewed it, uh, it'll be free because of my experience. And I didn't really even complain about it. But they, after you get your service from AAA, they always send you a, a thing that says, how did they do? So I just said, you know, not so well. And this is what happened. No attitude. No, you people are screwed up. You don't know what you're doing. None of that. Just this is what happened. These are the facts. Something happened. They forgot about me. I don't know. Anyway, I'm saying all of this to say, I guess, that trust. You see, I, my day was not ruined. I had just as good a day as if I had been at my brother's house three or four hours earlier. Really in truth, because if I think about it, I, I got to meet my brothers and sisters along the way. I got to be a living demonstration of being kind, being loving, giving and receiving help. And I don't even know what I missed in terms of traffic, like I said. But I trust that Spirit would not have had me go through all those different things if it weren't for my highest and best. Because otherwise, there's no point to it. Life is, it's, it's filled with opportunities to be patient, to be kind, to be generous. And we miss too many of them. We do by taking things personally. So being ready for our awakening means being ready for everything that's coming. It means being ready. What happened yesterday? I, I use this French press for my coffee just because I, I don't make a lot of it at a time anymore. And um, so... I had made two cups, and I was drinking one, and the other cup, uh, I don't know what I did, but I knocked it over, and it spilled all over the place. No upset whatsoever. None. Just like, oh, that happened. That's how I am enjoying the fruits of placing my trust in spirit. If I were upset by these things along the way, the sitting in my car for two hours at the post office, uh, desperately needing to go to the bathroom, the having to leave my car running, you know, if I, I felt totally secure leaving my car running in a parking lot where I'd never been before. That's cool, right? That's a level of trust. And if somebody had taken my car, which had a bunch of stuff in it, because uh, I was going to New Jersey, if somebody had taken my car, I would have trusted that I didn't need those things. They needed them more. Once when I lived in L.A., somebody broke my window and took the bag. The only thing, there were two things in my car, an earthquake preparedness kit and a bag full of spiritual tapes, like 50 tapes. Somebody broke in my car, and they took those two bags, and I thought, okay, they need that stuff more than I do. I'm sorry to lose some of those tapes, but I must be done with them. Time to find new tapes. It was back in the day of tapes. So we can learn to have that trust. If it's happening, it must be for my highest and best. Let me look for it. Let me see it. Let me not rely upon my own readiness. Just keep trusting spirit and trusting spirit and trusting spirit. And yes, this is a challenging thing to learn. This is why Course in Miracles Jesus tells us that we've spent our entire life and many, 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 many lifetimes learning how not to trust spirit, learning how to cultivate trust in our own opinions and judgments, 
by running the numbers, crunching the calculations, trying to make the best decision we can. Why are we trying to make the best decision we can? Because we don't know how to allow a good decision, a helpful decision. Everything that happens is helpful. This is what it says in the trust section of A Course in Miracles in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 4, Development of Trust, that it takes great willingness and learning to recognize that everything is helpful to us. Everything. Not everything is valuable, but everything is helpful. All of our experiences are helpful. So if we can learn to step back from them and go, huh, stuck in this post office parking lot for a couple of hours here, AAA seems to have forgotten about me. How is this helpful to me? I don't see it. I don't know. Now, it's really difficult and it's virtually impossible when someone dies. Someone gets covid and dies. How is that helpful to me? My loved one is deceased. How is that helpful to me? We cannot know. We cannot know. But I will say this. I don't think anyone dies before their time. And I was talking recently with someone who uh, just went through a very difficult battle with covid and who had a tremendous spiritual awakening because of it. I know many people who have had intense battles with illness who have found a spiritual awakening through the experience of illness. Everything works together for good. There are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. So I say, let us not make an exception anymore. No exceptions. Oh my goodness, it's time for me to go. Whew. All right, so uh, let me just say thank you to all the tithers. And one of the easiest ways to tithe is if you'd like to make a donation, you can make a donation as little as $1 uh, through acimtext.com, or you can make a recurring debt donation, sign up for the text. We've got free classes this week. Uh, we've got Healing Grief, and we've got Forgiveness. These classes are available at jenniferhadley.com. So grateful to partner up with the Holy Spirit, the higher self, and to recognize our divinity. We are grateful to share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah.